The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Good morning and welcome in today's show. So what we need really is, is a political peace process uh, to get on track in a serious way. Uh, that will need, I think, international intervention as well. Tánis de Michal Martin on Gaza and more as we analyse the continuing humanitarian crisis and the Israeli strike on a refugee camp. The international humanitarian law establishes clear rules that cannot be ignored. It is not an a la carte menu and cannot be applied selectively. Will the war impact the cost of fuel at the pump? Connor Faulkner looks at the trend. The very diverse roads that brought Brian Dowling and Arthur Garunlian together. It's like you're packing your bags, going to Spain on a holiday. You're not going to take your home. You're just going to pack two bags, one bag. That's exactly what we did. I remember our visa was to go to another country, but then we end up in another country. So we were very scared for our lives. I think it took us three months to travel. Frank Greeley will bring us an update on the Ashling murder trial. One woman's successful battle with lung cancer. Even though I had shortness of breath when I was out running or climbing hills and mountains, I never, ever put it down to lung cancer. So it was a complete shock when, when I got the diagnosis. Pour a corkin on those winter gardening jobs and he'll take your gardening questions. Inside Hollywood, we look at the enduring appeal of the teen movie. It landed on my face. What the hell am I going to do? An almighty shambles how Boris Johnson proved himself utterly feckless and unfit to govern during the COVID crisis. I mean, Kafka-esque nightmare doesn't even begin to explain it. So uh, I apologise for my language towards Helen, but but a thousand times worse than my language was the underlying insanity of the situation in number 10. The cash machine contains a clean €80,000 to be won on Friday. Text us on 53106 at a cost of 30 cent. WhatsApp free 087-1400-106. Email patcandy at newstalk.com. You can tweet us at patcandynt. But first, Israeli airstrikes have hit a refugee camp in Gaza, killing at least 50 people. Joining me now with the latest on the Israel-Hamas conflict is former diplomat and CEO of the Henderson Group and International Risk Management Advisory, Duncan Bullivant. Duncan, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Now, we've had the rationale from the IDF as to what they were at but it does seem on the face of it disproportionate to kill one Hamas leader, a significant one, they say, but the collateral damage is huge. Collateral damage is huge. And of course, it, 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 it adds weight to the, the growing concern outside uh, Israel and the, the increased diplomatic pressure that is being placed on Israel to curtail operations of, of, this, of this type. But of course, we need to put the, the situation in context as well, and, and, and in no way uh, in doing this am I trying to seek some justification for what has happened in the last 24 hours. But th- this refugee camp, you know, I think the problem is we hear the terms refugee camp and we and we see, you know, in our mind's eye, rows of tents or closely packed uh, groups of people who have fled across a border from some kind of, of horror or famine. Uh, it, possibly in Africa or, or in the Middle East. But the reality is that this, this refugee camp has existed for several decades. It is effectively a, a, a closely packed town quite near the, the northern border of, of, of Gaza. It is, it is where the Intifada began in 1987, the re- general rebellion against Israel, um, which, which had various repercussions over, over the following decades. And it is a major base and a major source of, of, of support for Hamas in, in the region. So I think from an Israeli perspective, 
th- this area has always been problematic. But for the people living there um, and, and reports, you're absolutely right. There are no accurate reports. We've, we've had 25, 50, 150. But it would appear that, that the majority of those that, that have been killed on this occasion were, were civilians. Mm-hmm. And, and it may well be that there were children amongst them. But we just don't have clear reporting. Now, why do we uh, persist in calling it a refugee camp when it is more uh, a a town that housed once upon a time refugees who've settled there? I can see it's in the Hamas interest to characterise it internationally as a refugee camp because it does, in our minds, as you suggest, conjure up rows of tents and vulnerable people. Um, You know, that is possibly useful propaganda but at the same time, from a Palestinian point of view, they may also say, look, we are after our own lands. We want them back. We are displaced. We're going to keep calling it that. Yes. And, and, and the moment you take away its status, and it is, it is registered as a refugee camp, but, you know, it, it's, it's observed that the various UN agencies recognize it as such. You know, the, 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 there's a there's a fine line, and I don't want to get, I don't want to detract from, from the main conversation here, but... You know, there's a difference between a refugee and an IDP. You know, a refugee crosses an international border and an, an internally displaced person yeah, moves around with, within a, a, a territory. You know, whatever you're looking at in terms of the future of, of, of Israel and Palestine, whether you're looking at a twin state system or whether you're looking at an integrated system, which is, which is looking highly unlikely in my lifetime, you know, you, you've, got, you've got this balance. Is, is Palestine a state or not? And of course, in, in the eyes of Israel, it isn't. And, you know, it, it, is, it is a territory. It's, it's not a state. So they don't recognize that particular definition themselves. From a Palestinian point of view, it's very important to keep this area going as a, as a refugee camp because it, it, it means they're holding on to, the, to their vision, which is for an independent, free Palestinian state. And I'm not defending either position in this, but that, that's the complexity of it. Okay. Now, the Israelis say that they had given fair warning. They had told people to vacate these areas because they would be subject to targeting. Um, they also maintained they've killed a man called Ibrahim Biari, uh, and they say he was pivotal in the planning and execution of the assault uh, on Israel. Um, will we ever know whether or not that was uh, true? Well, I'm sure truth will out in, 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 in some shape or form. It is, you know, and again, I'm not, I'm not defending this action, but the Israelis have been making it very clear for the last se- several days uh, and now uh, for at least, at least 10 days that this area should be evacuated because they're going to launch significant military operations in the area. That does not, me- that does not, <laughs> does not excuse civilian deaths. But I think, I think the harsh reality here is that Again, it's in no defense of Israel, but civilian casualties when you're fighting in built-up areas and closely packed areas are an inevitability, which is why war is generally a very, very bad thing and best avoided. The Israeli position here is that they had no choice, that they were, they were only targeting what they perceived to be legitimate military targets. And, you know, we, we come on to this issue of, the, you know, the Geneva Conventions and the law on war. You know, if, if, you, if you hide in amongst a refugee camp, or if you hide in a hospital, it actually does not prevent you from being attacked. It's prescribed in the Geneva Convention. And I think everybody at the moment is looking at this issue of collective punishment. And 
absolutely enshrined in the Geneva Convention under Article 33 is that no punishment for offence, not committed, is, is ever permissible. But when you when you are deliberately putting your headquarters and when you are deliberately operating out of tightly packed civilian areas, it is inevitable that you have turned those civilians into not a legitimate, legitimate target, but you have turned those civilians in, in, into casualties of war. It is the nature of this type of warfare, which is why it is always best avoided. How we come out of this is another matter. Now, the Israelis say they lost uh, 11 members of the IDF in the fighting yesterday, which for them, in spite of the huge numbers of deaths on the other side, for them is a significant loss. Um, What are they doing in this current, uh, it's not really a full-scale invasion, it is a series of incursions. What are they trying to do? It looks like the, 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 the primary objective militarily is to seal off Gaza City, which is the, the, the main center of Hamas administration and, and operation. It's, it's based in the, in the northern part of Gaza to seal it off by, by slow incursions from the north and an encircling movement coming round to the south, which has been reported, bearing in mind that accurate reporting on the ground is very limited. We, we know there's another uh, communications blackout, which, which is no doubt being, being perpetrated by Israel. So the idea would be to seal off Gaza, uh, Gaza City, to provide uh, a sort of an encirclement, and then once you have once you've encircled the area and the area can't be reinforced or supported from from outside, then you go go about systematically dismantling the the, the, the tunnel system, taking it taking out command and control centres, and 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 trying to sift out the Hamas fighters from the civilian population. But this is this is months we're talking about, not weeks. Now, uh, one of the things that, uh, of course, was a feature of the original uh, incursion into Israel by Hamas was uh, the firing of thousands of, of rockets. And, you know, given the, the blockade of Gaza by Israel, the question still arises, uh, you know, how are those rockets built in Gaza or imported into Gaza or smuggled into Gaza? Well, we know that we know that the latest generation of rockets, which are far more sophisticated than than the first generation that we saw, we know that the, the a lot of the technology and a lot of the, um, the the know-how has been imported from Iran. We know that there are that there have been covert supply chains through both Lebanon, uh, through Syria, um, in, into Israeli territory, and through in, into Gaza. We know that there have been supplies coming from. Um, from the sea over the, over the years, these supply these supply chains are covert in nature, very hard to detect, but have allowed through their external supporters, mainly Iran in this case, allowed Hamas to to amass quite a, a, a significant number of viable rockets, which are being fired on a regular basis, hundreds per day, into Israeli territory. Now, at some point, those supplies will run out. At some point, Hamas will exhaust its military, its military, its military supplies, and, and Israel knows this. Uh, the way in which it's being perpetrated it appears to us to be crude and cruel, but the reality is that there is logic behind the Israeli Defense Force uh, approach, which is which is to seal off the, the 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 main area of Hamas activity and to allow them to to run out of uh, out of material, food, water, and fuel. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, that is, as far as Israel is concerned, the the end game is to uh, therefore no ceasefire now because they haven't reached that critical point. No, I, I think the idea of a ceasefire is a pipe dream at this stage of the game. I, and I think that's we are seeing the United States uh, deflecting this. The, the, mili- the, the military operation, which is ongoing, isn't, isn't, is, is a juggernaut now. It's, it's, it's not going to stop. The problem, of course, with all this is that at some point when the shooting stops, who are you going to talk to? There has to be a political settlement. The longer this conflict goes on and the more opportunities that are, that are given to Hamas to demonstrate the, the, the viciousness of the, of the Israeli attack and the more, the more opportunities for Israel to, to, to fall into the trap of, 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 of creating more and more civilian casualties, the more dicier the, the dicier the situation gets in the West Bank, where the Palestinian Authority, Fatah, under Fat, run by Fatah, which is a more moderate Palestinian political grouping, they lose, they lose grip. Mm. And, and Hamas's supporters in the West Bank are now agitating for action. And there are 3 million Palestinians in the West Bank, none of whom are particularly enamored with, with, with the Israeli situation. Uh, and that's, the bal- that's a really, really dangerous balancing act now for, for Israel. Duncan Bullivant, CEO of the Henderson Group and International Risk Management Advisory. Thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.